The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The mother of Jesus and his brethren came to him, but they could not reach him for the crowd. And he was told, Your mother and your brethren are standing outside desiring to see you. But he said to them, My mother and my brethren are those who hear the word of God and do it. The Gospel of the Lord. The first reading today is always helpful, uh, as, as is the case with the liturgy. The first reading is always a helpful lens by which we can then approach the second for the gospel reading. And so in the beginning of this uh, reading from the book of Proverbs, it says, The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it whatever way he will. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. The Lord looks into the heart. And so it is showing us this uh, deep, penetrating uh, vision and knowledge of God that goes beyond our superficial judgment and our superficial vision. So sometimes we judge people exteriorly, but it is only the Lord who is able to perceive the heart. And so if we then look at the gospel for today and you take into account Matthew's account of this gospel and Luke's and you kind of put together the chronological ordering of what's been happening here, the Lord has just rebuked the evil generation, right? the generation that does not accept God, the generation that does its own will, the generation that has a wickedness of heart. And then, after rebuking this evil generation, steps into the scene, the one who is his most perfect and immaculate disciple, his own mother, the mother of Jesus, the gospel begins today with. And sometimes what happens is, is that Our Lady can also receive, even from commentators, a very superficial reading wherever she appears in Scripture, most particularly in this scene, but also at the wedding feast of Cana, where the Lord's interaction with her seems to us initially strange, but it is actually the revelation of part of the depth of what exists there in Our Lady, that we cannot judge these things simply superficially, but must take time to perceive and understand the mystery that is playing out before our eyes. At the wedding feast of Cana, sometimes as in this scene, it gets misinterpreted by certain commentators, thinking that the Lord is somewhat rebuking his mother, as if that were possible. All of the doctrines of our faith must coincide. They live together. They animate each other. There is one truth which unites all of our doctrines, and so there is interplay between the doctrines of our faith. When we say that Our Lady is immaculately conceived and without sin, that is for her whole life. She is never at fault. She is never in the eyes of God, ever doing anything that is displeasing to Him. So to say that the Lord is here rebuking her is to deny in her what God has given her by grace, that immaculate conception, that keeping her free from sin, free from fault. She is always pleasing to Him. And so we come at our interpretation of these scenes in the gospel with that knowledge that there is something deeper at work here. That when Our Lady comes and she wants to see the Lord, but she cannot get to him because of the crowd, it is reported to him in this account that your mother and your brethren are standing outside 
desiring to see you. In Matthew's account, desiring to speak with you. Both equally true. Our Lady, she stands outside. One of the commentators points out and says that that word for standing is the same type of the verb that is used when she is again at the foot of the cross, standing at the foot of the cross. It's more properly interpreted from the Greek as persevered in standing. She kept standing. And so what we can see here as some of the commentators say is a revelation of the firmness of her interior. This persevering standing by Christ. This persevering of a desire not only to see him or a desire for his presence, but also a desire for his words and conversation with him. How could she be faulted for this? This is the whole purpose for which he has come. Not that she only would desire this, but that every heart would desire this. That every heart would share in her own desires, in her own love for her son. And she stands fixed in these desires, standing, desiring his presence, and desiring to have conversation with him and his word. What we see is that other souls, this is not the satisfaction that they desire in themselves, where she is perfect. We learn from her what perfection of desire looks like when all of our desires are fixed on Christ and desire only him. She is this beautiful, perfect example of what it is to be a disciple of her son. The very reason that he can stand there and actually preach to them the very reason that they can gather around his presence is because of her, yes. Through her, he took flesh. Through her, he can be made and he can be seen. He can be heard. Through her, yes, he is incarnate and made flesh. We can be close to him and we can listen to him and we can read accounts of his life. This all happened because of her because of her obedience to God, her docility to his will. And so it is this interior reality that the Lord wants to highlight and make manifest as the goal of every Christian life, that what she has with her son is available to us, that that same desire that rests and that animates and that causes her heart to burn is also what should fill our own heart that we desire to be in his presence and that we desire to listen and to hear his word and be in conversation with him. And the more that we desire that, the more that we are like her, the mother of Jesus. Amen.